Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we're talking to Dude. Check it out. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I'm talking to Tony from Dude. Tony, how you doing, man? Hey, Chuck. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on, man. So, right on. yeah, so I, I think the first time I saw you, um, geez, I'm trying to remember, was maybe uh, 2014, 2015, when the Mugs played the Detroit uh, Fall Beer Festival. And I was like, what is this music? And then I was like, holy shit, you know? So I became a fan of, of the Mugs first, which you're you're in as well. And then I saw that you had started Dude, which I think started around 2012, right? Is that when Kid, Kid Gloves came well, out? Well, yeah, I, well, my first album came out in 2012. I've been a songwriter since I could put two chords together. <laughs> and uh, so it was a collection um, of some songs that I'd written um, in 2003 and 1996. It was just a hodgepodge and I never thought I'd put together a live album or a live band rather. Yeah. And um, so the, and that was just a one-off project. And my friend, Bobby Emmett, um, he used to be in the sites and now he's gone on to greener pastures and Sturgill Simpson. Um, the kid just won a Grammy in 2017. Awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah. So I've been really blessed uh, to work with some really fantastic, talented people in Metro Detroit. So um, in 2015, um, the Mugs were going on tour for our Straight Up Boogaloo tour in, in Europe. And uh, before we left, uh, my, fr- my good friend, Stephen Garcia, who, who actually went to my high school, Notre Dame High School, he was uh, mentioning Kid Gloves, the first dude album. And, he, and he's like, you know, to know Stephen, he's just like, he's a psycho genius. And he's like, I don't get you, Tony. You write this fantastic album and you don't bother to put a band together and you know tour or anything right and you know that was me that was him calling me out a little bit and uh, so i said hey when when i get back from europe why don't we why don't you be my rhythm guitar player yeah and uh let's do this and so he agreed to it and then um we've been putting the pieces together ever since awesome and then yeah and so now i have a love love for you know live performing live with my own band you know yeah. i'm the, the singer and songwriter for dude and, uh, you know, we've gone through many incarnations of Dude. Um, we, Stephen and I, Stephen's the only one that's uh, stuck around with me. Now, I think we're at, uh, he says we're Dude 6.0. <laughs> but this is the, this is the uh, definitive version. Uh, I have some really super talented players. And I'm just, uh, I always joke around, I'm the least talented in my own band. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, we got... Yeah, Allison on keys, Steven Garcia um, on rhythm guitar and lead, uh, doing backups. Yeah. Um, Michael Latcha from uh, The Beggars, uh, he's doing lead guitar. And uh, Eric Rosen on drums. And nice. this kid is insane. I, I just said, be, be my Keith Moon, whatever that <laughs> means to you. And he's interpreted my songs with energy and ferocity. And so I'm, I'm really happy. That's yeah. fantastic. Is was that incarnation of the band playing? Because uh, I saw you guys last summer um, for in uh, South. That Lyon, was without Allison. Oh, yeah, okay. Without Allison, we added Allison. Um, at one point, I I, I wanted because there's so many guitarmonies and harmonies yep. to my in my head 
um, there was an incarnation where I had two lead guitar players and Steven as rhythm. And, um, but, you know, I've, I've been sitting on my new album or our new album, Autobiography for the last, it's been done since um, 2020, March of 2020. Oh, wow. And, um, but there's a lot of piano and synth parts in it um, because, you know, why not? I always approach music um, it, like, uh, what would Jimi Hendrix do? Uh, Jimi Hendrix was a, an awesome live performance, um, yeah. but he always dressed it up like, like with all the psychedelia and all the extra parts he could on, on wax in the studio. Yeah. So I, I took a page off of his playbook and in doing so, I, I just figured um, Allison is a wonderful jazz pianist and she knew Mike Latcha. So it was just easy for her to join the band because uh, Mike vouched for me and said, this is a band you want to be in. So awesome. now I have the best of both worlds. I have, um, you know, a lead guitar player and a synth piano and she could do everything. She right. can uh, lead sing. Um, she can do uh, backups. So, uh, and the coolest thing is, is if all of us dudes can't make it, we can still exist as a four piece. So if Steven can't make it, we can, you know, Allison, or if right. Allison can't make it, we can do the four piece with Steven. So it's, it's beautiful. I just want to keep on playing until we release this album. Just, just so we're reading each other's minds and um, you know, we're the <laughs> tightest band we can be, you know, that's fantastic. So I, I did see, um, I think it was um, blue canary was like the very first song off of uh, autobiography. And then you teased about like right before our, interview that there's a book coming out so so what's the idea behind i'm assuming it's autobiographical um but is it like stories yeah, of the band stories of you it's it's an autobiography awesome. um and um you know we were talking before we went live um there, there's many layers to the onion that is my life <laughs> and i've lived an extraordinary life and um you know i want i wanted to i've been thinking about uh, writing this book since 2005 i had my stroke in uh on september 4th 2001 i really got my ass kicked uh and I'm, i was lucky i survived it um yeah the doctors thought i was a goner and you know they they told my family as much um but i survived and um always the overachiever that i am um <laughs> i i try to do it with grace and humility and um uh, so the story begins with um in 2016, Duda just um, toured Spain in uh, in November of 2016. And uh, I came home and um, I was going out for my birthday uh, to Bumbo's bar. Um, and I was meeting a, a dear friend of mine, Jamie, from, he he played with the Burrs, um, but now he's in the Loggerheads. Yep. And um, he just keeps on, you know, he's a fantastic bass player. So we were talking and, and we were just talking about life. and. Um, you know, I was saying, gee, wouldn't it be great to be signed to Third Man? Because he he worked at, at Third Man at, at the time. Cool. And um, he's like, and he said, um, well, it's all well and good. And then we got into like, uh, somehow the conversation spiraled into, I've been trying to write this book. Yeah. And he said, well, actually, that's a better end for you to, you know, because Third Man publishes books. And um so that was, that was really the impetus for in the, you know, the catalyst that made me get off my butt finally and really seriously, you know, take a stab at this. 
So I, I would, uh, you know, just every Tuesday um, for the, the next uh, two years, I would uh, write and I would go to different, you know, bars in Hamtramck or a ca uh, Cafe 1923 or Kaju Cafe. Um, yeah anywhere that I could glean some inspiration and I would sit down for three to four hours and I would write, and then I would treat myself to a libation. <laughs> awesome. Uh, sometimes during the writing <laughs> session. Uh, yeah. Why not? <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I was saying, boy, was I cocky because I, I figured I, I could do this in a year and yeah, I didn't even get a feel for my voice. Um, you know, how I would craft this, um, until six months later and then i started you know being empowered and uh i love i love kurt vonnegut and i love stephen king i love the self-deprecating prick that kurt vonnegut can be and it's his <laughs> world you're just living in it right <laughs> and i love the descriptiveness of stephen king and his imagination as well yeah so i i try to uh you know just i were always wear my heroes on my sleeve and I, I just tried to write a good story in my own voice. And I, I think I found that voice. And Awesome. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like um, in the prologue, I, I describe it as I, I, I almost ask the reader, I implore the reader to how I want you to read it. And it, um, the best analogy I can come up with is if, you know, I'm in a bar and you walk up and, um, and sit down right next to me. We strike up a friendly conversation. We don't know each other, but through the course of the night, you're going to get to know me a little bit better. Awesome. And it's very candid. And some, and sometimes I'm speaking directly to you. And I use um, italics um, to, uh, for phrases, um, pop culture references. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I ask, I ask you, the, the reader, um, you know, to look it up uh, online, uh, everything I've italicized, or I actually, during the time of COVID, I got ambitious and I uh, decided to write a glossary. And who oh, does man. that, right? <laughs> right? So the glossary is almost as long as the book. Um, <laughs> and it, it's, it's comprehensive. And wow. um, I just, you know, decided to do it because I want the reader to know what, what inspires me and who yeah. I am. Yeah, that's great. Um, is an as uh, a first time author, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, had have you written before? Like, I, I mean, obviously, you haven't written a book before, but have you done writing like other types of writing? No, I've I've written bad poems, um, <laughs> and you know, in my earlier years, uh, you know, I thought I thought I could be Jim Morrison um, or something, <laughs> right? You know, in lyrics, I, I love yeah. the challenge of writing uh, good lyrics, but I, I just. You know, to know me, I just throw myself at it, and it usually works out. Um, I always say it's much more interesting to go down with the ship um, than to not board it at all. So, um, this this one's for me. I'm, you know, uh, obviously, I hope it's successful. Right. Um, but I, you know, I have to write my story. You know, and I think um, as long as I'm not embarrassing myself, <laughs> uh, I, I've, I've, I've actually during the time of COVID. I uh, printed out five copies and I gave one to Danny, Danny Muggs because he's, he's saved my life for many reasons. And you'll read about this uh, in the book, but I wanted him to have it because it, it's um, we're brothers, right? Yeah. And, um, and then I started 
you know, whoever was interested, I would say, you know, this is my first draft. Uh, don't, you know, don't nail me to, to the cross um, <laughs> because um, I've made, you know, slight, you know, corrections, it, it, punctuation and, right. you know, run on senses. And now like it, it's to the point where it's perfect, but um, you know, two years ago, I just wanted to get it out there and to, to see, you know, to gauge the temperature. Is this, is this good? Is this engaging? And uh, everyone besides a couple family members have really, uh, really liked it. Awesome. So, yeah, I'm on to something. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure what yet, but <laughs> well, like, we'll see if uh, I get published. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I want to, you know, I keep on saying third man, but there are no guarantees. Um, right. So right. we'll, we'll see what's right for me. And um, if, if not third man, um, I have a laundry list of, of publishers that I think might be interested. Yeah, for sure. And then, so you're going to dovetail this in with the, the, the album that you're working, correct? Cause mm -hmm. you're going to have the same title. And so is the, is the source material for the album, the songs going to be autobiographical in nature as well? They, they tie yeah. into certain chapters or anything like that? Not, not necessarily. Um, but I love, you know, when I write a song, um, Sometimes it's just fictional, and and yep. but most of the time it's uh, autobiographical. So um, it's not, you know, it's not tied into like the book itself. In so far as um, you know, stories, you know, chapters relating, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, songs relating to chapters, right. but it is um, autobiographical. Um, awesome. It's uh, you know, my love, you know. Uh, for instance, uh, I have a song called Big Star um, that is an homage to the band Big Star. And oh, if cool. you, this is how much I like Big Star. This oh, yeah. Big Star tattoo. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and uh, there's a there's a song called Audrey's Louise. Um, <laughs> a true story where I was at I was at a bar on the east side called Brownies on the lake, uh -huh. and I was seeing my good friend Jody Rafool. He's a fantastic for anyone who wants to see the one of the the best uh, cover bands in America. And we have them in Metro Detroit. His name is Jody Rafool. It's the Jody Rafool band. Look him up. Okay. So I was seeing Jody and um, there, I was getting edibles from my friend Debbie um, at, at a steal. They're $5 for these Swedish fish, but nice. they weren't working. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, and I tried like, so I, I met Debbie in the corner. And um, so she said, how are those working out? And I said, well, if I'm being honest, they're not, they don't work. <laughs> and she goes, oh. And so digs in her purse and says, here, take this. And it was a big uh, gummy bear, a big one. Yeah. Um, and uh, she, so I just figured I was getting more of the same. And, you know, I try to placate it and right. not make her feel bad. And so I, I, ate a sizable chunk and she's like no have some more so okay <laughs> and uh then she says well that's from a different dispensary and i'm like oh shit <laughs> and uh, and she's like oh i wouldn't do that to you and so put my mind at ease and um later on about a half an hour later i didn't know that um the drummer's girlfriend had had some of that too and she stands up at the table we're sitting at and she says, I'm losing my fucking mind. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit, I'm a about a half an hour behind her. 
And, you know, I'm a five to 10 mil, like 10 mil max guy. Um, yeah. If for all you THC users out there. <laughs> um, and I probably ingested 50 to 60. Oh, mil. shit. <laughs> and it was like an acid trip and it, it kept me up all night. And I wrote a song about it. And it's a hilarious song in the, in the, like a 50s kind of vibe. Um, you know, like a Chuck Berry, yeah. kind of Beach Boys kind of thing. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> And then, you know, I wrote a song, um, uh, You Are So Wonder, about my wife. Um, and, and, you know, and just, you know, my puppy dog eyes about my ex-wife. And um, just, you know, so there are autobiographical songs um, cool. all over um, this album. Excellent. And I'm very proud of it. it this is, this is uh, I put my producer's hat on for the first time. Um, and uh, I think I, I co-produced it with a good friend of mine, uh, Carl Condrat, who lives in um, Hazel Park, and it was just a, a basement. You know, he's got yeah. a studio in his basement, but he's got all this great gear, and we uh, just, you know, we sat on it and sat on it and made it perfect to our ears. So right. I'm hoping that translates to everyone else. Awesome, fantastic. So um, you're going to try to tie this in with the book. So it's really a, um, as soon as the book is coming out, then the album's going to come out. Is if the, I have my goal? way. Okay. Yeah. Well, if I have my way, uh, I never know what the uh, publisher is going to say. Um, yeah. Yeah. There, there are too many question marks right now. But if let's just say if I have my way about it. Yep. I'll release the book, and then three four months later, I'll have a release party. Um, yeah. Somewhere local. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So so Tony, I'm I'm curious about like what 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 musicians or and or bands. Um, had the most influence on you as far as the music of dude because i know mugs is slightly different um you know it's not too well it's a little different um but for dude what what are your influences behind that music you know mostly it's a uh, psychedelic pop rock from the late 60s and you know just good old-fashioned rock from the early 70s so um are you familiar with the pretty things yep um sf sorrow is uh, like an important uh, album to me uh, i love big star uh yeah. the beatles you know everyone says the beatles but um right. you know it it's the gift that keeps on giving uh I've, I've been getting into uh rubber soul lately yeah and you know i've done this my whole entire life you know i i put them um you know i don't listen to them for a couple of years and then it's like listening to them for the first time oh yeah um i love Badfinger. i love todd rundgren oh yeah um todd a Wizard, A True Star is just one of the best albums I've heard in a long time. Um, you know, I just, uh, I'm friends with uh, Dave Lawson from Scrappers, and he just hit me to this band called The Tages from the late 60s. Oh. Never heard of them before in my life. Uh, just on Monday, um, and I'm obsessed with that album right now. <laughs> it, it's a psychedelic late 60s. Yeah. Um, awesome. So, yeah, that's that's. And everything in between. I love writing. Uh, I love writing ballads. Uh, Beach Boys are so important to me. Um, and um, the, as a matter of fact, uh, the last song on the on autobiography is, is called "Tomorrow's Promise to No One," and it's probably the saddest song I've ever written. It's about my my mom who uh, died suddenly when, oh. um, of a heart attack when um, in 2015 about six days before we, we had our release party for the mugs uh, oh, straight geez. up Boogaloo. yeah it was tough um it was a gut punch and uh i still miss her dearly 
And so I had the song um, that I was, uh, you know, I recorded in 1996 and it was just an instrumental. I didn't quite know what to do with it or where to put melody or lyrics or anything. Mm -hmm. But, at, you know, this was uh, d December after she had passed away. And um, I just uh, was listening to it because I'm always reviewing old tapes and what what can I do with old older songs? Yeah, yeah. And it just came to me out of nowhere, uh, like I was struck by lightning and the lyrics and the melody just came to me. And uh, I decided it's a, it's a short song, but it's in the vein of the Beach Boys, very poignant. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a very personal song to me. And, uh, you know, I miss my mom every day. I'm a mama's yeah. boy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I I understand. And that, and that I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, it's life. And she, she would never want me to be down in the dumps for too long. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Beach Boys and, um, you know, I love old doo-wop. My favorite ballad of all time is I Only Have Eyes For You by the Flamingos. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, just the 50s rock. I, I, there's just so, you know, there's a lot. I'm, I'm sure if you ask anyone that question, there's so many layers to it. Oh, um, yeah. But I tend to gravitate towards 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, not to say that, that the 80s and beyond aren't relevant. And I always trip across, uh, you know, some, some band, you know, that I love right now. Yeah. Like Ty, Ty Gall is a great example of who, you know, uh, the rock band I want to be, you know, <laughs> when I'm not trying to, you know, because he, he's just exciting and um, he writes great, you know, great lyrics, great melodies. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of like all over the map. I, I love writing country western. There's a, a cup, uh, you know, there's one country Western on Kid Gloves, my first album. And then there's another one coming out called Devils in My Whiskey. Once again, awesome. that's a true story, too. You know, <laughs> just, I was, uh, and, you know, I felt like a friend had done me wrong. And yeah, uh, m the mugs were playing in Toledo. Um, I forget. I forget when I wrote it, maybe 2014. And, uh, you know, I, I just I had. I didn't have anything to eat that day. And I was, you know, three whiskeys and four beers in. And I just started motherfucking my friend uh, who had, <laughs> had wronged me. And, uh, you know, so I wrote a song called Devils in My Whiskey. You know? um, and, you know, with Dude, it's all guitarmonies and harmonies. And yeah. the melody for me is the most important thing. So, um, so for all you songwriters out there, you know, if the melody is good, you can build uh the instrumentation around a good melody you know yeah so I, i'm curious about like how you do your like compositions like what what is the main tool that you use as far as like um well i, I use down? a federal's piano um um and i'm a bass player you know i've always been a bass guitar player in my mind ever since danny muggs asked me to start playing bass guitar I shifted my perspective from listening to guitar lines to bass lines, zeroing in on how to craft a good bass line. Yeah. Um, so when I sit down to write a song, um, sometimes, you know, because of my limitation, because I'm paralyzed on my right side um, and my hand and arm are, you know, my hand is a hundred percent paralyzed. Um, just, just to clarify, uh, there's so many different kinds of strokes and paralysis. Yep. I have a hundred percent sensation so I can feel everything. So when I say paralyzed, it doesn't mean that I, it's numb. It, it yeah. just, I like motor skill. Um, right. And that's just, every stroke is different as I'll 
pound this into your brains uh, when you read my book. <laughs> um, but um, so it, it's it's allowed me because um, I never, you know, I'm always looking forward, never backwards. I'm not one of those poor sons of bitches that say I could have been, I could have been. Mm-hmm. So um, there, there are no limitations. Um, so sometimes I'll, you know, just have a melody in my head and I'll bring it to the Fender Rhodes piano and I'll, I'll find, I'll find what key it is. in, and if I can sing it, you know, um, I'll, and it's just out of luck, if sheer luck, if, if the melody in my head matches, um, what I can sing on the piano, I'll, I'll pursue that song. Sometimes I have to modulate it. And all that means is, you know what that means, right? Yeah. You just have to shift the key around to find out what, you know, what, what range you vocally, um, yeah, you you can can get on the instrument. Yep. Mm -hmm. I, I was just, uh, I was just telling a friend the other day, um, I was, uh, in the, I was doing grocery shopping at Kroger's and uh, I always have a melody in my head or just sometimes it just comes to me, especially when I'm high. Um, and I, I just love how THC turns on my brain Yeah, and I use it as a tool, not for nefarious reasons. Uh, you know, I just, uh, it's the fun drugs. You yeah. Know? The creative aspect of it. Yeah. And so I was, uh, I was walking to the, my car and this melody just popped in my head. And so, um, the iPhone and the voice memo, and I just recorded oh. it. And um, then I found it on, on the piano and modulated it a couple times. And uh, we're gonna be we're gonna start working on it. Um, so hopefully by the summer, um, you'll hear this song. Awesome. It's, it's quite it's a spiteful song, but you know, <laughs> uh, it's probably the most spiteful one I've ever written. It's called "You Don't You Don't Have Anyone." <laughs> And awesome. I'm not sure who I wrote it about. It, it is, I'll, I'll say I'll cop to its fiction right now, but yeah, maybe, maybe when I figure out, sometimes <laughs> I, I just figure out my, my, you know, it's therapy, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. But, uh, but so sometimes I imagine the song and I, I, or sometimes, you know, you just uh, are inspired after a local show. Uh, mm-hmm. There are so many great local bands. Oh, for sure. Honestly, I, I use them to my advantage. Um, uh, I never, I, I just, what, like, there's this sense of inspiration that I get yep. when I see a band I love, um, you know, Visions, for example, um, Winestone Cowboys, uh, oh, Dear yeah. Darkness, um, you know, down the rabbit hole, we can go locally. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Um, I put, you know, kind of put myself on the spot, but um, <laughs> there are so many bands, um, yep. you know, Sliz is another one. Uh, another one of my favorites or Eck, Johnny Hench. Anyways. Um, so, you know, I'll come home in, uh, in a, you know, a semi-drunken state and I'll just sit down at the piano and go for something like, just try to try to put, you know, a sentence together or, or a melody. Right. And just, just say whatever comes to mind. Um, are you, are you constantly recording things as you're doing this so that you keep them? I mean, cause that yes. seems like that would be a problem, but like you'd come up with some great idea and then go to sleep and then like, fuck, what was that? Yeah. Uh, I have to record it. Um, cause, uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is about me. Like if I don't, I, I've done this before. It bites me in the ass. If I don't record it, then sometimes in, in the morning I'm, it's lost. It's yeah. just lost in the wind especially when I'm trying to, you know, sometimes I'll write a song and then I'll come up with a groovy baseline for the song. 
and if I don't record it right then and there, and then the cadence is lost. And yeah, um, so it, it it is exactly that. You're, you're absolutely correct. And sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night. I actually dream of melodies, and um, I'll just I'll just onomatopoeia it into my phone, and then you know just you know go back to sleep. Awesome. Um, so I am really you know as 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 cliche as it sounds, I'm trying to be true to. You know, being an artist, being a musician, and being a songwriter. Fantastic, fantastic. So, so Tony, uh, one thing I like to do is kind of uh, get people to think about like um, the if I had a dream kind of thing. So, um, a musical pilgrimage. If you could go at, on any stage around the world that you haven't already played um, with any other band, you know, being on that bill with you, where would you go, and who would you like to have on that bill? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I've, I've never been to any of the festivals like uh, Burning Man. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, th I think dude would, <laughs> it would be great. <laughs> would be good there. <laughs> you know, Burning Man is like a bunch of freaks and right. <laughs> acid and just, you know, let your freak flag fr uh, right. fly. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I think Burning Man, uh, that would be a hoot, you know? Would, yeah. And, uh, I mentioned, uh, you know, Ty Seagal, um, I, I don't know if, uh, you know, he would, ha he would want to play with me, but, you know, I've always been interested, um, in contemporary bands like, uh, Ty Seagal or Corey Hansen, um, from Wand. He, he's amazing. Um, uh, his band Wand is amazing, but he, uh, came out with, um, some singer songwriter, uh, albums. It, it just says Corey Hansen. Uh -huh. And there's very psychedelic, very, steeped in the late 60s um uh, the, the unborn capitalist from limbo is the the the, the album that i'm just crazy about i'm gonna ch it, check it out because i've not i've not heard it so i got yeah Corey I, hansen the unborn capitalist from limbo awesome i was just listening to it today as a matter of fact um it's just amazing uh all the it, it's not rock and roll um yeah but if you like introspective you know artsy thoughtful you know songs um it there's nothing better awesome um yeah so you know bands like that uh if i could go back in time you know i would I'd just like to be a fly in the wall you know for the beatles or yeah any of those uh the who i would love you know i would love to play with the who or any of those bands um, yeah that really it really inspired me you know yeah is there any place you'd like to play in the world that you haven't already Ooh. um I'd love for the mugs and for dude to get down to South America, you know, yeah. uh, Argentina, um, they have a really good rock and roll, uh, you know, uh, they just love the rock and roll. And we've talked about it before, you know, I, I book, you know, the mugs and I get us, you know, sprinkle the mugs and, uh, cut, you know, corners of the world. <laughs> and, uh, there's there talk about it. Um, that would be super promoters. cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, there's you know, there's logistics of getting there. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, there's always the trust factor, and um, yeah, you, you know, um, in 2018, I was talking to this French promoter um, about getting us to uh, you know Spain and and France and Germany, and he turned out to be a real creep. And oh, bummer. Um, and I didn't know it uh, because he's been out there for 10 years and I've seen his name thrown around 
you know, in chat rooms and um, uh, Facebook. And so I figured he, he was a legit guy. Yeah. And, um, but, I, you know, I didn't vet him the way I should have. And so what happened was um, this uh, Spanish promoter said, I won't work with him. You know, he, you know, he's just, he, he just seems like a bad guy, a bad yeah. actor. So we actually um, didn't go with this guy from uh, this promoter from France. Uh, and uh, we ended up going with the promoter that, you know, kind of uh, sniffed the spread out. And um, we uh, toured uh, the whole country of Spain uh, in uh, 2018. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So that was the last time we've been there. We were supposed to, the, the mugs were supposed to tour in 2020, November, 2020, but we all know what, what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything I put, put on hold and for yeah. however long. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so if you could have a, uh, a beverage of your choice, a beer or whatever, um, with, uh, someone you admire, um, who would that be? And, and why would you want to hang out with them and talk to them? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Living or, or, or deceased? It could be or... Uh, living or dead. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would, I would really like a conversation uh, with John Lennon. Oh. Um, and I, I just, you know, I'm a, a simple guy. Uh, just give me a Miller light. You know, a shot. It used to be shots of, uh, whiskey jameson now uh, i i broke up with uh whiskey during the pandemic and uh now uh, I, I like my tequila right. so, yeah i would just i i have dream like i have dreams about them every year and just like last week i had a dream about hanging out with john lennon and then who comes knocking on the door but paul mccartney and I, so i was hanging out with paul and john and we were buddies you know awesome um and i would just I would just, uh, I just have so many questions for him because he, you know, like, as a young man, he really inspired me, um, yeah. to, uh, you know, to, did you, watch, did you watch the movie? Let it be. I did. And man, I, I have more respect for Paul McCartney than I, than ever than, um, before, because I realized that if not for Paul, um, you know, John, John was on heroin with, uh, Yoko and George had one foot out the door. He was just so pissed off. And, you know, I get it. Um, yep. Yeah. You know, by contract that he was only allowed two two songs per um, per album. And, you know, honestly, if like imagine if you and I were together for the next 10 years and we are just tethered, uh, you know, the jokes get stale. Yeah. I, I can't believe that they they survived as long as they did with that fame. And with the cameras always on them, yeah. you know, you know, they just wanted to like George wanted to say "fuck you, Paul," <laughs> but cameras are rolling, so right. he's got to take the high road and say, oh, "I'm out of here," you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, it's just uh, it just you know, Paul kept that band together uh, ever since Brian Epstein, their manager, died, and uh, so I always I always view it as it, it if not for Paul we wouldn't have a magical mystery tour, a white album, um, Abbey road and let it yeah. be and all the singles that, uh, went with that. So, um, you know, and you can see, it, well, it, it's subjective, but you know, I could see that, um, during 
the filming of um, the Get Back, how integral Paul was to, you know, he handled the business. Yeah. And, and he was writing the best songs. Um, I mean, he was just, I don't throw this word around too often, but um, genius. Uh, I give I give the genius tag to Stevie Wonder, Brian Wilson, and Paul McCartney, maybe Frank Zappa, and maybe Dylan. And um, and that's that's about all I can see. Um, yeah. But man, he he just revolutionized the bass. He, he was a guitar player, and no one else wanted to play the bass. And okay, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll revolutionize <laughs> this instrument. Why not? Right. You know. <laughs> so yeah, um, it was eye opening, and it uh, was eye opening. Yeah, yeah. It was really it good. Was, it was great because it, it reminded me of, um, you know, I, I mean, I'm definitely not anywhere near the caliber of musician, but just being in in a band and doing that process of like trying to get people organized and or like let's come up with some ideas and then like putting that together and you could see all that going on, right? You could see yeah. Paul trying to get everybody like <laughs> on the same page and like let's actually work on something, you know and uh yeah it was it was super cool i i'm i think my wife was a little bit like what in the hell is going on here you know but i love the concert at the end and um yeah it was fantastic i could watch and you know uh the, the naive 20 something when i saw the concert for the first time um i didn't realize that they took multiple takes you know oh yeah and, and, and you know of course they would uh but when <laughs> when uh it's just uh, so naive of me back then to think that they just nailed it the first time, and you know, <laughs> and all the takes were good, but yeah, you know, there there is a pecking order of what's really good and what's good. Yeah, and um, yeah, so it was just fascinating from that perspective. Yeah, and I liked yeah. how they called out like which songs made it like onto the albums, right? So we'd say, mm -hmm. oh, that cut is they kept, right? So that was kind of yeah. Cool. So yeah. then when you listen to it again, it gives you a, that, another perspective, you know, you get a little bit. Yep. Which is what, what I'm kind of going, like, that's my angle for autobiography, releasing the book first, because maybe you'll gain some insight to who I am and uh, to my passion um, as a songwriter and, you know, just all the stories and the experiences that I've had. And, um, and maybe you can glean some kind of insight uh, yeah. in when you listen to the album. Yeah. So um, another kind of uh, origin story question I like to ask is, uh, what was the first album you bought? Oh, um, well, the first album I bought was probably H2O by uh, Hall & Oates. Awesome. <laughs> oh, I love that album. Oh, it's, yeah, Hall & Oates are great. I, yeah. I just love melody, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I don't take, you know, I'm not so cool that I can't appreciate a good melody. Oh, hell yeah. um, uh, uh, a friend of mine, um, she, she actually, um, has done some artwork for me. Uh, um, her name is CJ Carpenter. Um, she, she's a great graphic artist and, um, and she's got all these companies going, um, just throwing herself at it like me. And, um, she actually designed the, uh, the autobiography, autobiography, the book cover. Um, oh, cool. which is a, a collage it just she knocked it out of the park and we were talking about uh huey lewis in the news um, <laughs> they i think the album was called sports and you know it's not going to save the world but there are catchy melodies on there oh hell yeah and you know 
does everything have to be taken so seriously and, uh, and taken so artistically? You know, of course, there's the Beatles and all, all that. But sometimes, you know, just a, a fun song. You yeah, know, exactly. Is, is all it needs to be, you know. Yeah. So uh, was there a yeah. was there a particular song or, or that drew you to that Hall Notes album? Um, well, I, I talk about this in my book. Um, I was a follower and um, there was, thankfully, there was good music on the radio back then. Yeah. Um, and um, so growing up, I just listened to whatever my parents listened to, which uh, my, my dad was like a lot of Beatles, um, you know, uh, the Flamingos, for instance, a lot of doo-wop. Yeah. And uh, Elton John, um, Paul Simon, and on my, my my mom's side, it was uh, you know Barry Manilow and Neil Diamond. <laughs> nice, and, you know, so, <laughs> somewhat of the more cheesy artists, it, you know, subjective, but you know, I, I could cop to that, right? Yeah. So, um, growing up, I just listened to whatever I was handed, and I never really sought anything more than what was in front of my face, you know. Right. Um, so. Uh, it wasn't until in high school that, you know, I met Danny Muggs and he and my, my, my other best friend, Annie Miserocco, who's a rhythm guitar player in my Ween tribute band uh, mm-hmm. called Megawich. They, he, those two guys really hit me and opened up my eyes to, um, you know, you know, the dead Kennedys and Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I, you know, I, you know, I, I really hadn't heard, like I'd heard of Led Zeppelin, but I really hadn't listened to it. Um, unless it was on an infomercial in the early eighties, you <laughs> yeah. know, watching, you know, you know, TV as a kid. Right. So, um, you know, and down the rabbit hole we go with, uh, you know, the, the bands that really affected me. Um, I didn't even like the who until I was like 19, you uh, know, I just didn't get, I didn't get Roger Daltrey's voice and, uh, but you know, boy, was I wrong, you know, <laughs> and, uh, I'll admit when I'm wrong and yeah. man, I was hundred percent wrong on that one. Well, and then I, uh, was go it? okay. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, I think sometimes you have to mature into the music, or your ear has to get there, right? Um, it doesn't necessarily resonate with eighteen-year-old you, but you know, twenty-five-year-old you is like, oh shit, I was missing out on this, because um, that happened to me. Like I, I did not like the Beatles at all when I was in high school. I was all mm-hmm. about heavy metal, and that's all I listened to, and I, you know, listened to Hendrix, but. Um, that was that was it and then you know it wasn't until i was probably 30 before i really listened to the white album and i was like holy shit I was, <laughs> yeah. i've been listening to this for years <laughs> yeah and that's what i love about music right now um especially um you know apps like spotify oh yeah i, I got the uh you know without the commercials i bought that package and yeah. uh, the algorithms are elegant and um i've in the last four years since i've had it I've I've been inspired and they throw shit at me that I never heard that I now they're my favorite bands. And uh, so, um, you know, sometimes technology is good. You know, yeah. Most of the time, no. But uh, yeah, um, it, it just um, and that's the good thing about it, because there's so much there's so many bands that are will never get their due. It's just yeah. impossible. Um, but you put it on Spotify and sometimes you know, you, you, you find it and, yeah. um, and your life is enhanced. Yeah. And, um, you know, this is an unforgiving business. I don't expect to get rich. 
Um, I do this for selfish reasons because I'm an artist. I, I love it. And I'm always going to write, write a song. Keeps me sharp. Yeah. And the Detroit music community is just excellent. Um, you know, I'll always, if, even if I wasn't uh, a, a musician, I would, I would be there. You know, Danny Muggs and I, like before when we sucked, I mean, <laughs> we we're just learning how to play our instruments and we sucked. Um, we were always going out and seeing bands and, you know, sizing up our competition. We didn't, we, we knew we sucked, but we knew we, we had something about us that we couldn't be denied. Yeah. And like, it's just to say, you know, I feel like the little train that could, I wasn't naturally blessed like Danny Muggs, uh, you know, after six months of playing guitar, um, he was figuring out how to, you know, solo in the blues after six oh. months, like <laughs> almost a prodigy. Yeah. And then everything he did with uh, the mugs, the songwriting and, um, you know, I just chipped away at it and, you know, I got better incrementally and you use your imagination and your ear and you just, uh, you know, sometimes it, it makes sense to you. Not, not right off the, right off the rip, but right. sometimes right. things come together and that's how I feel right now. I'm always a bit of a late bloomer. And I, I think right now my songwriting, uh, is the best it's ever been in in my career. So awesome. I'm really excited about the the next year. And um, shoot, I've already written my third album for Dude, and I'm working on fourth album material. So holy crap! I'm, I'm just inspired these days. That's awesome, man. That's fantastic. Yeah. So are you? Um, so so what are the plans for Dude? I mean, I know you got the uh, autobiography uh, coming out at some point. But um, like this summer, where where's dude gonna be playing? What are you guys gonna be doing? Uh, we're we're playing uh, some festivals. Um, we're gonna we're booked at Witches at Brewery again. Oh, um, awesome! Cool. Yeah, dude and the mugs. Um, oh, nice. And Kaju Cafe, they have a annual Muscle Beach party. Uh, yeah, dude is uh, gonna be doing that. Um, Excellent. And uh, we're just you know right now the goal is um, until I get this you know, release party figured out. And, um, and because I I'm tethered, you know, this is a, um, you know, this project is the book and, uh, the, or the album, right. It's kind of like, I could have released the album two years ago. Um, but I really feel like this is, you know, this has been five years of my life, um, with the book and with, with the album and they almost coincide uh, perfectly I, I started recording the album in 2000 january 2017 right at, right after dude got off a tour in spain uh-huh. and you know just knowing how the mugs you know the mugs taught me when you're always touring go in the studio right after when you get home because <laughs> you're red hot you can read each other's minds yeah and um so um um it's really a question mark right now but i i really i'm getting things done i'm meeting with um the, the woman i spoke of so highly cj carpenter she's going to help me format the book in a pdf yep. format for um so i can shop it around to publishers cool and uh once when you know once i have you know once that is in motion i can know where you know um the album is going to go you yeah. know and how to plan it could be this fall uh, I can release the album or uh, it could be next spring, but I've, I've waited this long and um, I really, I, I really feel strongly about waiting and, 
and releasing it and getting the best bang for my buck. Yeah. Uh, because the, you know, you only get one shot at releasing an autobiography. Right. And so, um, it'll be worth a wait. Let's just say to all, to all 19 dude fans out there, <laughs> it'll be worth the wait. <laughs> awesome, man. <laughs> um, you know, so uh, another origin, uh, question I was thinking of that I, uh, really wanted to ask you is, uh, what, what was the first concert you ever went to? You know, um, was it actually, Hall Notes? <laughs> no, it was Paul Simon. Really? And I was actually late to that as well. The late bloomer that I am. I was 19 years old. And my girlfriend at the time, uh, her name was Jody. Uh, she bought me tickets to see Paul Simon. And she was so sweet. She said, and you can take Danny if you want. Because, you know, I've been best friends with Danny right. since we were 13. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I want to, you know, I want to go with you. And uh, that was the first official concert awesome. that I was at. Um other than that, um, there was this uh, place, I, I, I want to say it was either Van Dyke or Mound, 13 a Mound or uh, somewhere around there. My mom used to take uh, me and my brothers when we were young. It was called the Pied Piper's Pizza Peddler. And it was all polka style music. And it was um, awesome. um, European style, you know, um, seating. So um, if you've ever been to the Kaji Cafe, they, yep. they, you know, they have tables that, you know, and so it was just picnic tables and um, we would have pizza and this uh, this guy would come up from the the ground and with his uh, organ and he would play polka style, you know, <laughs> roll out the barrel right, and, and shit like that. And it, that's awesome. You know, my family was never musical in so far as they we never had instruments laying around. But, uh, you know, I was always, you know, steeped in music. Uh, you know, my family was always listening to music. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Fantastic, man. Yeah. As far as like when you were talking about the, your, your first concert, I was uh, wondering like, uh, what was the very first time that you played on stage? And do you remember what that was like and where you were at? Yeah. Um, this is funny. Um, I used to work for this woman. Her name was Christine. And uh, we, we were just... Danny and I were just starting uh, in a band and we decided to call the band Fat Ballet Brown. Um, and I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> and she, um, we were looking to play out like, cause we played in the basement forever yep. um, for a, like almost a year. And we wanted to challenge ourselves. We were playing in the basement and the Hootenanny at Kaji Cafe. Um, those two places. And the basement was Danny's basement. We, and his stepdad called the basement sweet treats. And it was an oasis of fun. Um, <laughs> they had a house kit down there and, you know, just, you know, so we'd bring over our amps and uh, guitars and we would just hash it out yeah, and have a great time. And so it got so serious that, okay, we, we want to play. So Christine, I worked for Christine. Uh, she cleaned, you know, high-end gross point homes and uh, businesses. And she also, the hustler that she was, uh, she was managing a uh, Bouchemi's pizzeria on Woodward. And she always joked around. She's like, I'm going to give you your first break <laughs> as if we were going to be somebody, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we played for the first time uh, at Bouchemi's. Uh, oh, and awesome. all of her family and friends came out. Uh, it, and it was terrifying, but 
And I'm sure it was awful uh, <laughs> to some extent, but you know, you, you have to start somewhere, right? Yeah. And hell yeah. How old everyone, were you? I was uh, 21. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I started playing acoustic guitar uh, at 18 and 19. Danny and I started together uh, together and uh-huh. then, my dad bought me an electric guitar and then around 20 years old, Danny asked me if I would consider playing the bass guitar. And honestly, he must've been prescient because, you know, if not me switching to the bass guitar, um, I don't know if where I'd be as a musician right now, because if you know the piano, the bass clef of the piano is on the left-hand side. Yeah. And this is the only hand that works. Right. Ladies. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where he must have been prescient because uh, it just worked out that way. Um, right. I didn't have to, you know, make too many, you know, um, uh, modifications. I just right. could naturally be on the left side. And, you know, music notes have always been said to me. So, uh, but yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. <laughs> good times. Great oldies. Awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tony, uh, thanks so much for being on Fans with Bands. I've got just one last question for you, and that—that okay. that is, it's controversial. Um, pineapple or no pineapple on pizzas? Oh, pineapple all the way. Oh yeah, all right. Oh, yep. <laughs> what's what's the what's your favorite combo as far as uh, topping? It would be pineapple, ham, and mushrooms. Really excellent. And nice. Ham. Yep. All right. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, Tony, thanks right, again. Yeah. Hey, thank you, Chuck. Uh, you, we've been good friends for uh, quite a while, and uh, uh, thank you for having me on your show. Oh, hell yeah, man. And I can't wait to, you know, well, one, I'm I'm, di- I'm dying to read the book, and I can't wait for the new music, and I'll definitely um, be seeing Dude and or The Mugs, you know, sometime this year, so that'll be awesome. All right. Sounds good, man. All right, brother. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks to Tony for joining me on this episode of Fans with Bands. I can't wait to hear their new record called Autobiographiti, which should be coming out soon. Tony also has an accompanying book of the same title, which sounds fantastic. Keep your eyes peeled for all the dude happenings over on their Facebook page. And you can go listen to some tunes now over on Spotify or Bandcamp. See the show notes for all the details and links. These are tough times for everyone in the creative industries such as music. Your support of live streaming, purchasing music, and merchandise is critical. If you can help out your local artists, please do. If you are in the Michigan area, consider following the Playing in the Detroit Area Tonight Facebook page. It is a place for fans and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. Spread the word by rating the show and leaving a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jam.